Amen, please. Oh, you are. That's fine. Great. I say it's great to be here this morning. I know I said it a few minutes ago, but I just want to let you know nothing's changed in that four minutes. It's still great to be here. I mean, you would be a little bit worried if things had changed in that four minutes, but it's still great to be here. So things aren't always what they seem. I've been using a story now for for many, many years that I always thought was... Well, I didn't know whether it was a true story or not. And and so often when I'm using stories, I use lots of stories. Some from my own life, some from just things that I find mildly amusing myself or intriguing. But I often use these things just to help me unpack some things about the Christian faith. And particularly for people that are maybe not used to church... And so I've used this story for many, many years, but I've always been open and honest and said, I don't know whether this is true or not. And so I've always said that, but I found, um, I found out some evidence that this story was true. So I, I want to read you this story this morning. And uh, this is um, the actual transcript of a U.S. naval ship that was off the coast of Newfoundland in October 1995. I didn't have this information when I first started telling this story. And the radio conversation that was had um, was released by the Chief of Naval Operations on the 10th of October 1995. So it's between the Americans and the Canadians. And so just to help you understand who's saying what, I'll I'll just kind of say who's saying what so that it's clear. So the Americans, please divert you. I can't do an American accent, by the way. Please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. Canadians, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. Americans, this is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. Canadians, no, I say again, you divert your course. Americans, this is the aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic Fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees north. That's one five degrees north. Or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. Big talk that, isn't it? (laughs) Canadians. This is... A lighthouse. (laughs) Your call. I like that, don't you? I like that because it's at the American... No, no, let's not get into that. No. I love that. How many of you know that um, as human beings, we can be a little bit stubborn? Do you agree? Agree? Yeah? Some of you just been stubborn by not replying. I get that. I get that. You think that's evidence for you, that's evidence for me. That's okay, though, it's not a problem. 
We can be, can't we? We can be so convinced that we're right, can't we, about stuff. And it's, it's true, actually, that everybody thinks they're right about stuff, otherwise they'd change what they believe about stuff. Okay? So we, we all have that within us. And we, we're open to other people's opinions, I guess, and that's really important and really critical. But we can be really dead set on whether something is what we think it is. But sometimes I have discovered that things aren't always what they seem. And do you know what? I am convinced more than ever that often that can be true of God. It can be true of Christianity. People have a fixated opinion. They're not going to move from it. They're not going to budge away from it. And sometimes we just need to change our angle of view. And I'm asking you, I'm inviting you this morning where you are on your faith journey. Would, would you be prepared in terms of God and the Christian faith, would you be prepared just to maybe alter your angle of view this morning? Because things aren't always what they seem. I, I read this great story of a museum in County Durham that had to stop displaying a Roman coin from the second century AD. And the reason they had to stop displaying this Roman coin from the second century AD was very simple. Because a 12-year-old-ish boy correctly identified it, not as a Roman coin from the second century AD, but as a token given away in a soft drinks promotion. (gasps) Could you imagine that? They'd been presenting it as one thing because they were convinced that it was, but now somebody else had correctly identified. I wonder whether when it comes to God, you might be a little bit guilty of thinking, this is what it's about, this is what it's about. But maybe this morning you might just be prepared to have a closer look. I read another story of how there were a lot of jubilant experts that they thought they'd found a 1,000-year-old Viking settlement. I mean, the excitement. A 1,000-year-old Viking settlement buried in a back garden of a local house. For days, they carefully peeled the earth meticulously, taking great care. Have you seen them with those little tiny brushes? Taking great care so as not to destroy or affect or impact And they took such care as they wanted to preserve the ancient slabs. And then the truth dawned. Imagine the disappointment when they found out that it was just a sunken patio that was built in the 1940s. I mean, come on, who would have cried with them? Who would have laughed? A lot more laughter in the place and things like that. But it's, it's true, isn't it? It's, it's easy to be fooled by something. And I'd like to invite you on a journey. The reason this church puts on Alpha is because it's a great course to help people go on a journey. Would you be prepared to go on a journey to investigate, to look into Christianity? You see, I've discovered this. When I talk to people about Christianity, many people say to me, oh, it's not for me. And when I say to them, what, what is in it? What is it about Christianity that isn't for you? Then one of two things normally happens. Number one, they can't tell me because they've not really looked into it. Or number two, when they do tell me, then I realize that what's not for them about Christianity is also what's not for me about Christianity. Because actually they've got a misguided understanding 
of what Christianity and following Jesus is really, really all about. Alpha's a great way to investigate the Christian faith. Have a good old rummage around to, uh, to ask some questions, to find out. See, I often say to people, whilst it would break my heart, I don't mind you rejecting Christianity if you've looked into it and found out that it's not for you. Breaks my heart, but at least you're rejecting what you know about. Whereas if you don't know what Christianity is about and then you reject it, you're not actually rejecting it, you're rejecting what you think it is. So actually, to, do, to reject Christianity with integrity, you need to have a look, look into it, to investigate it. Uh, there was a bunch of people in the Bible who uh, weren't just going to go off what one person said, or what this one person said had a bit of an impact in their lives. They, they, they chose to have a little look themselves. I'd like to just read you a few sentences from that moment in Time And for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you'll understand what I say if I say turn to John chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. And for those of you here who maybe don't have a Bible or don't know your way around it, then I'll just simply read those sentences to you. John chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. It says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, that's Jesus, Because of the woman's testimony. The woman's testimony that it's referring to is just a lady who's encountered Jesus and he's transformed her life. And she goes to her tribe, to her family, to her community and says, oh, could this be the Messiah? So she posed this question. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they heard, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. We now have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. They listened to her story. But then they investigated. They spent a bit of time with him. Interacting with him. That's what it tells us. It's so crucial, you know, in terms of Christianity, in terms of Jesus, in terms of God, that we don't just go on the opinions of everybody else, but that actually we come and look for ourselves, that we don't just believe because of what you have said, but we believe because we have discovered for ourselves that this man really is actually, it says, the saviour of the world, which, which means the one who will rescue the world, forgive the world from all of their wrong and for leaving God out. We found out who he is. It's possible, you know. It might be that you're like this today, that you've been to church all of your life and you've kind of built your understanding of God and Christianity purely on maybe what your parents have said, what your peers have said. But have you really discovered for yourselves, have you really personally made a choice, made a decision to discover that this man really is not just everybody else's rescuer, but he's your rescuer too. Not just everybody else's saviour, the one who'll forgive them. That's what the word saviour means, but he's personally yours too. And it might be that you're here today and yeah, you once believed that, but you've kind of drifted away because how many of you know that that happens too? Life's a crazy thing. Maybe today you need to come back to this man Jesus. You see, you may not know it, but Christianity 
is tried and tested. Christianity is tried and tested. I read this great story of um, an open air preacher in Hyde Park Corner, a place that they call Speaker's Corner. For those of you who don't know what an open air preacher is, uh, an open air preacher is a preacher that preaches in the open air. <laughs> really sense that's brought clarity to this morning's meeting. And he was waxing lyrical about how amazing God was and how Jesus' love is for everybody and God wants to forgive and all these wonderful truths of Jesus. And he was waxing lyrical with these in this public arena. And a gentleman shouted out, a heckler shouted out, Christianity's been around for 2,000 years, but look at the mess that we're in. The preacher looked up. And noticed that the gentleman who was shouting out was less than clean in his appearance. He shouted back one of those responses that you or I might think of two weeks later. Do you ever get that? When somebody gets one on you and you, and you also come back. And then two weeks later you go, oh, they're not there. You can't just ring them up, can you? Hey, it kind of ruins it really, doesn't it? No context. But he came up with one of these brilliant responses. Looking at the man's dirt on his face, he said, Soap has been around for a lot longer than that. And look at the muck on your face. It's true, isn't it? It's true. The only reason I keep my boyish good looks, ladies and gentlemen, is because daily I moisturise. I could buy it from the shops, although probably not at the moment. I could buy it from the shops and get it into the house. I could get it into the house and look at it. And it's not going to deal with my wrinkles. I could, no, let's move it one room closer. Let's move it into the bathroom. Look at it then. It's not going to work. If you want to be protected from COVID-19... It's no good looking at a hand sanitizer. You've got to apply it. Just a little public health announcement there, mid-sermon contextually done. See, it doesn't matter what's around. If it's not applied, it has no benefit. Is it? It's not applied, it has no benefit. And so if we want Jesus who has been around for 2,000 years, and God and Jesus, actually, theologically speaking, have been around for thousands more years before that, but let's just go with the 2,000 years that people who followed God and Jesus have called themselves Christians. That's been around for 2,000 years. It matters not how long it's been around if what it teaches isn't applied. And so for those of you here this morning, it will benefit you nothing, the Christian faith, unless you apply it to your life. Unless you go right to the heart of the matter, which is gathered up beautifully, probably in the most famous sentence from the Bible. That out of all the sentences in the Bible, most Christians know when it says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not die, but will have everlasting life. 
That everlasting life is not just a quantity, it's a quality. I'm going to be honest with you. If the everlasting life that God offers is anything like this one in the world, I don't want it. But if it's something different, and it is... (laughs) Because when you connect with Jesus, you realize it's something different. Yet it's not always easy, but there's a quality to the Christian life, as well as a quantity. And that all made possible because Jesus, the Bible says, was God's demonstration of love. And 2,000 years ago, when God left heaven, came down to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, he walked around on the planet, and he was good news as he healed people, restored people. As he gave people hope, as he accepted people who society didn't accept. As he lived with those and worked with those and met with those that people rejected. As he came down to earth, as he applied who he was to our world. So that whosoever believes in him. How do you apply Christianity and who Jesus is and what God is? How do you apply it to your life? Very simply. By giving your life over to Jesus. But it has to be your choice. It has to be your decision. But you need to understand that Christianity is tried and tested. You know, people are trying to destroy it right now. Um, It ain't going anywhere. This is no new thing. People have tried to get rid of it. They tried to get rid of the founder of Christianity, Jesus. Read this great story. Um, I don't think this is true, but it did make me chuckle. About a man who went on a holiday to the Holy Land with his wife and mother-in-law. And sadly, whilst he was on holiday, the mother-in-law died. Very, very sad. The couple went to an undertaker who explained that they could ship the body home back to the UK from the Holy Land. But it would cost £5,000. Or the other option was to bury her in a tomb in the Holy Land... Just for £150. Are you sure you know what decision? Yeah, 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 I know what decision. I'm going to ship her home and pay the £5,000. Are you sure that's the right decision? That you don't want to change your mind? It's an awfully big expense. And the man replied, look, 2,000 years ago, you buried a man here in a tomb. (laughs) Three days later, he came back alive. I just cannot take that risk. You nearly stopped me finishing the story then. Stop laughing too soon. I nearly lost it. I had to just take a breath, stay professional. You're here to preach. But they did. They tried to get rid of Jesus. Let's get shut of him. Let's try and destroy him. What I didn't realize is that Jesus' death was part of God's plan and part of God's way of restoring the world. Not only did Jesus Christ die, but the Bible tells me that three days later he came back alive. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus died so you could be forgiven, but if he stayed dead, that's just really nice. It has no benefit about maybe being forgiven and living guilt-free. But actually the truth is when Jesus came back alive, he died so you could be forgiven, and he came back alive so you could live. And here's my promise to you, that if Jesus can resurrect somebody's life physically, there's nothing that he can't resurrect. Nothing that he can't resurrect. Nothing that he can't turn around. I don't know where you are in your journey of life and faith, but right now here today, 
If you've never said yes to God, in a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to God. Because I am 100% convinced that whatever situation and place you are in in life, Jesus wants to forgive you. He absolutely loves you. And he'll turn your life around. He'll restore your life. He's saying, Mark, my life's great. Okay, why go for great when you can go for the best? People said to me often, oh, well, you don't miss what you've never had. Well, my response is, why not have something when you can have it? Jesus is available. He's available. Today I'm going to help you know how you can connect with him. Not because I'm somebody special. Not because it's a church, but just because I've experienced that he's tried and tested. But you will only know if he's tried and tested if you try him and test him for yourself. Do you remember those um, throat soothers that went by the strapline? Suck them and see. Do you remember that? Um, has anybody ever been to Asda or Morrison's or Tesco's? Or for those who've got a bit more money, Waitrose. <laughs> and um, you walk along the little deli shelf. And you see these little bits of chicken or little bits of cake on the cake shelf. And it, it says, help yourself. Have you ever done that? It's quite nice, isn't it? Have you ever gone back for seconds? <laughs> Costco's the best one. Been to Costco. They're, they're everywhere, aren't you? I once celebrated my wedding anniversary with the wife by feeding her at Costco. It's amazing. We had a starter, we had a main, several puddings, and a glass of schlur. It was lovely. Finished with a little cup of coffee. I thought, let's book ourselves in every year for that. It's proper cheap, isn't it? But the idea is, it's saying to you, look, you, you can't buy this. I get that. You won't know what it tastes like, so just, just taste it. Just taste it. And see... Taste and see it. And then you'll know how good it is. Don't you? I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? It's like, have a little taste. And then see and go, ooh, this is nice. I want more of this. Do you know the Bible's very wise? There's this lovely little sentence in the Bible that says these words. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is really good, you know. He's beautiful. He's amazing. He's gorgeous. He's magnificent. He's powerful. I've, I've tasted. I've seen. I've tried. I've tested. I'd like to invite you this morning. Not just to believe about him because of what I've said. Or my story. Or what your friends may have said that you know who invited you today. But maybe just to find it out for yourself. To taste and see. That the Lord is good. I wonder whether you might just join with me for the final few moments of my talk. And I'll hand back over in a few moments to Pastor Andy to finish our service. But I wonder whether we might just pause and reflect. How many of you know that life is lived at a ferocious rate of knots? And we don't often get a chance just to stop, to evaluate, to pause and reflect. I'd like to invite you here this morning to do that. So let's just do that, shall we? Let's just pause and wonder if you might be willing to close your eyes just to focus for a few moments.
I'm just going to chat about a couple of things to help us just reflect and pause. And then I'm going to pray. I said at the beginning of my talk and over several times throughout that I was going to give you an opportunity to, to try God for yourself. And it's not, it's not complicated. I, I get sometimes it can be a tough decision for anybody to make and so I'm not in any way underplaying um, how hard this might be for somebody. But for those of you here today who've never said yes to God, you need to understand that God's already said yes to you. He's inviting you this morning. He's right now literally inviting you and saying to you whether you can hear him or feel him or not. He's saying, come on, just try. <laughs> Take a step, taste, and just see. Find out what I'm really all about. So if you've never said yes to God this morning, I'm just going to invite you right now where you are to say yes to him. Not out loud, but just in the stillness and quietness of your own heart and mind. And just to be transparent, what you're saying about when you're saying yes to God, what you're saying is, yes, God, I, I don't really fully understand it all, but today I ask you to forgive me for leaving you out of my life and for the things that I've done that are not right. I receive gladly your forgiveness and your new life. And with your help, I'm going to turn around and start following you. That's the basic entry point to making that decision to say yes to God. So why don't you just where you are, God is here. Why don't you just where you are right now say yes, God, just in the privacy of your own heart and mind. Why don't you join what me when I said yes to God and thousands of others, millions of others, just say yes to God now in the stillness and quietness. Yes, God. Yes, God. I pray for you this morning that as you've said yes to God, you begin to understand that this moment is a beautiful moment in your life. A moment where you discover your destiny. That you become who God wants you to be. So just whilst every eye is closed, some uh, friends here from the church have got one of a, a booklet that I wrote for people who've just said yes to God. And we'd love to, to give you one of those. They're completely free. There's no strings attached. But there's a few friends from the church here who are just kind of spotted around the church who've got some of my little booklets in their hand. And, and I'd love to offer you one this morning. So if you're here... And uh, you've just said yes to God, or you'd like to get one of those booklets even, then just where you are, could you raise your hand in the air, and they'll quickly come to you and pop it in your hand. Okay, there's somebody just down the front here, just down here, my left. Just raise it up nice and high if that's all right, just so our friends can see you. Any more? That's lovely. That'll two or three or four folk are saying, yeah, I did that. Is there anyone else? Just, we don't want to drag this out. That's not why we're doing it. Try and twist your arm. It's just we don't want to miss anybody. So if you're here this morning you, and you, you said, yes, I want one of those booklets, then just, could you just stick your hand again? If you, if you stuck it up and haven't got one yet, could you just do that? I'll have a quick glance around to make sure. 
think we've, I think we've covered everybody. That's absolutely fantastic. Okay, you're back in the room. Open your eyes. That's fantastic. Let me just say a couple of uh, things before I, I, I sit back down. Um, those who've, who've signified this morning, you've said a big yes to God. That's fantastic. Well done. Congratulations. You're on a significant part of your journey. We trust uh, that that booklet will help you. Would you be so kind as to make yourself known to us so that we can help you a little bit more? There's a course that Andy's mentioned and that we showed the video about. We'd love to encourage a number of people to sign up for that course. So if you are here this morning and you raise your hand and you got one of those booklets, we'd love to encourage you to sign up to that course because it's really helpful in terms of processing where you're at this morning. But there's two other groups of people that I've met so many times and they introduced themselves to me so many times that we want to invite and say, look, would you, would you come and have a look for yourself? If you're here this morning and you're saying, do you know what, Mark, I'm not really ready to say, I call it the big yes to God, becoming a Christian. I'm not really ready to say that. Um, but you are willing to investigate, to come and have a, have a look, have an inspection. Then Alpha's perfect for you. So we want to encourage you to sign up to Alpha as a little yes person. No strings attached, you're just investigating. And I would encourage you, if you can, to do as much of the Alpha course as you possibly can. You can come to one and that's it. But we'd love to encourage you to get a proper good old, as my mother used to say, have a proper look. Have a rummage around in Christianity and find out what it's really, really all about. So whether you're a big yes this morning or a little yes this morning, we want to encourage you onto Alpha. So sign up on the table. It's on um, my left. So as you're going out of the auditorium, it's over to the left-hand door and there's some Alpha t-shirts being worn. So you can go there, sign up to Alpha and freshly apply the hand sanitizer as you're going out. But there's one other group of people that I like, if I may, to gently challenge. Many people say they're open-minded but maybe not open-minded about the Christian faith. And so if you're here this morning, you probably are open-minded about the Christian faith. And I'd like to encourage you to to come along to Alpha 2. Or if you're here this morning and saying, do you know what, I'm going to make a commitment to stay open-minded or to become open-minded. To take your maybe and activate it. Maybe there's something in this. It's what I call the healthy maybe. Not letting it dissipate, but just keeping it on your agenda and I wonder whether you might feel that you could sign up as well maybe just to come to one of the sessions if you're a healthy maybe and so whether you're a big yes a little yes or a healthy maybe encourage you to come on Alpha thank you so much for allowing me to share some thoughts with you this morning for giving me your time I I very much appreciate it God bless and have a fantastic day thank you